Today, Dr. A and I are going over the Western Conference starters. Not much else to talk about. We'll find stuff to talk about. Let's go, balls deep. Welcome back to the Bulls Deep Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Fantasy Basketball International. I'm Adam King, your host, joined by my co-host, Dr. A. Steve Alexander, at AdamKing91 on Twitter uh, is myself. That's where you'll find me. At Doctora is where you will find Steve. Uh, Doc, good to be back. Um, The smoke alarm has stopped. We're good to go. Yeah, I think the uh, I think dinner is dinner's ready. Dinner's served. <laughs> the uh, smoke it, alarm was going off a minute ago. That happens sometimes when the uh, when the old oven gets fired up here at the yep. Alexander home. Uh, you now I don't know if you mentioned this. I think it was just to me last week. You've got a pair, a new pair of shoes behind you. The Luca, um, the Luca shoe, I believe. Mm. I I almost bought a pair this week. I didn't. But when I was looking at them and trying them on, I thought of you. But then I didn't buy them, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, I've got um, a website pulled up here that is prominently displaying a Luca 2 shoe ad. So apparently this this bad boy right here is, is now uh, outdated. And I'm going to have to look into getting a Luca 2. Yeah, they're quite comfy. So, do you actually wear them? Nah, no. Okay. Um, no, they're just in. I have the Luca Air or the Air Jordan. I don't know what it was called. The the Air Jordan Mid Luca. The first thing that came out had like um, two different sayings on each shoe, and then I've got the the Luca ones and whatever that color scheme is called i can't remember what that is too it's like canary or something but i'm gonna need to look into luca twos but it was a lot easier to go blow a bunch of money on shoes when uh when i had the nbc paycheck coming in but as we announced yesterday on twitter there the, the roto world crew is reuniting on a something called sportstopia we've got this incredible optimizer and um Lots of video and pod opportunities coming. So exciting times for us. Very good. So hopefully that's going to be launching here in a, a couple of weeks. Okay. And then you can then you can go out and buy as many shoes as you like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I don't know that I don't know that I've got NBC money behind me just yet. <laughs> there's a shot. There's a chance. At some All point right. in my life, I will get paid again. I'm sure you will. Projected starters in the West. Uh, we'll get right into it. Uh, now, unlike last week, there's actually – I was doing this last night, putting the slides together. There's actually quite a few teams where I'm not sure of the starters. Um, I think we were pretty locked in on who's starting in the East, but there's a, there's a couple of teams here that uh, three or four of the, the spots are filled, but there there might be some discussion that can be had around the fifth starting point uh, starting spot. We'll start with the the Dallas Mavericks um, on the nice segue from Luka Doncic there. So 
Kyrie Irving, Luka Doncic, Tim Hardaway, Grant Williams, Dwight Powell. So they're my starters. I uh, Irving and Doncic, yes, we know they're starting. Um, I think beyond that, I mean, you could probably make a case for for a few guys um, filling those next three spots. Do you think I've got it right there, or, or are you expecting someone else? I've got uh, Seth Curry, Josh Green, and Rashawn Holmes listed as as other guys um, who might be relevant this season. What are your thoughts on the starting lineup? I think it looks like how you've got it uh, in the graphic there. Irving Doncic, Hardaway, Williams, Powell. Uh, the Grant Williams edition is big. It's big for Grant Williams, too, because he's always kind of played second fiddle to other guys, and he has a chance to be a guy in Dallas. Um, so that's it's kind of exciting for him, I think. Uh, I like Josh Green. I think Josh Green is going to push Tim Hardaway. Mm-hmm. I think Hardaway's probably going to start. I think Green could... Green and Curry both could emerge as six-man candidates uh, if if everything goes goes right. Uh, Rashawn Holmes was kind of a forgotten man last year, right? Yeah, uh, it wasn't that long ago that he was a highly underrated and kind of a value fantasy pick in Sacramento. So it'd be interesting to see if Rashawn Holmes has a bounce back season. Yeah, I'm just going to pull up his numbers here, and I'm, I know I have looked at them recently, but it was only, uh, what, 2020-21, he was the 33rd-ranked player in Sacramento, 43rd the year before that, 14-8, um, and 1.6 blocks, 0.6 steals, efficient, doesn't really hurt you at all, um, decent from the free-throw line as well. So I don't think we're seeing him get back to that, but... Um, it is a good opportunity for him because I don't think I mean Dwight Powell he's he's decent but he's not he's not a standout guy he's not um, someone I think they need to be prioritizing at all so I don't know I wouldn't be surprised to see Holmes at least given a shot at some point at starting if Powell doesn't pr- sort of produce um, but we'll see and I like Jaden Hardy in in uh, Dallas as well I don't think he's a chance of starting but if if Irving or Doncic go down at any point, uh, I'd like Jaden Hardy to step in and, and play a pretty pretty decent role, uh, which he did a few times last season. So um, it, it is interesting that Sacramento just sort of abandoned Rashawn mm-hmm. Holmes last year, like three points, eight minutes. Like he, he just didn't play. And uh, uh, he's not a guy I'm going to be targeting in drafts, but I'm, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on him in the preseason. Uh, and see what happens. Yeah, I wouldn't be drafting him. Yeah, but um, just just have keep an eye on the rotation there. Uh, on to Denver, pretty much the same as what we saw last year in terms of starting. Um, uh, Jamal Murray, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic, they will start. I don't think there's any doubt uh, there. And then they've lost Bruce Brown, obviously. So someone's got to fill that sixth-man role. Um, Bones Highland isn't there anymore. He's he's in LA. So I've put Peyton Watson, Christian Brown. Um, we know what the starters are going to do. I don't think we need to really discuss them too much. Uh, but in terms of fringe guys, like so, someone's got to play some minutes here. Jeff Green's gone as well. Um, Watson or Brown, do either of them interest you this season? Uh, Brown, I think, is intriguing. I'm, I'm, I think Justin Holiday is a little intriguing. I, I'm not mm-hmm. not really expecting much from Peyton Watson. Um, 
Reggie Jackson can still play. If Jamal Murray's healthy, it's probably not going to matter. But uh, I think Christian Brown would be the guy I'm, I'm most intrigued by out of that uh, bench squad. Yeah, I agree. I just think he's a little bit Bruce Brownie in that he can play a few spots. He can defend a little bit, score a bit. Um, he's not really typecast into a certain role. So I think if, if Porter went down, he could fill in. If Gordon went down, he could step in. Um, so, yeah, I, I like... I like Brown. Um, I don't think he's got sort of tremendous upside or anything like that, but uh, keep an eye on him. Uh, for the Warriors, maybe a little bit of uh, discussion here. I've got um, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Kavon Looney. Uh, I think this is who will start. I've got Chris Paul, Jonathan Kaminga, and Dario Saric as, uh, as other guys that warrant some discussion. Chris Paul is obviously going to be drafted everywhere. Um, he's going at sort of pick 80, pick 90. Do you think these guys will start or do you think they'll look to, I mean, it might be a little bit matchup dependent. They can play green as at the center spot. Um, but is this sort of in line with what you're thinking? Um, I'm not really sure. I don't, I don't, see Chris Paul being very agreeable to coming off the bench. But I also don't see Chris Paul and Steph Curry needing to be on the court together. So uh, it will be weird if Chris Paul is not starting. Like you said, if that happens, then Draymond Green is probably starting at center instead of Kavon Looney. I'm not sure they want to do that either. Um, so there are some some things up for debate in Golden State. I can tell you, but I, then again, I've said this for 10 straight years. I'm I'm not drafting Chris Paul. Yeah. I'm, well, I don't know. I, I think if there was a year I was going to draft him, it might be this year if he falls low enough. Um, I mean, he probably still gets eight assists. He probably still gets 1.4 steals. Um, if you can get that at pick 90, pick 100, then maybe. But yeah, I'm not prioritizing him at all. Uh, I popped Saric on there. Not a guy I'm drafting, again, don't get me wrong, but I I don't know. I think he's got a role here. I think I think he will play um, minutes off the bench. Um, he can play a little bit of centre. He can play power forward. Uh, he can spread the floor. I don't know. I don't know. I just I think in deeper leagues he'd be someone worth grabbing at the back end of a draft. He's not really being talked about at all, but, but I think he can play that role that um, I can't even think of his name now. Uh, did they have? Was it Bielitsa they had for a little bit? Uh, played <laughs> that sort of <laughs> that boy. sort of role. I don't know if it even was him. My um, man, you know, uh, Aaron Bruski taught me how to say Bielitsa's last name. It, or it might have been Mike Gallagher. One of those two guys took a long time for us to get there, but I finally figured out how to say Bielitsa, and I got I gotta say, um, it's pretty fun. Pretty fun name to say. I do miss Nemanja Bielitsa. Uh, I'm, I, Homie Dario is, I, it would have to be a pretty deep league, I think, for me to, to draft him. I'm, I'm taking Jonathan Kuminga at the end of a, a normal draft before I'm even thinking about Dario Saric, but there are no guarantees that, that the Warriors turn Kuminga loose this year. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I do think Andrew Wiggins is going to have a bounce back after that 
uh, kind of lost season last year where we missed all those games for personal reasons. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with Chris Paul and, and Steph's playing time. Like, I, we know Steph's going to be out there. Are, are the Warriors good enough with Clay and Steph and Wiggins and Draymond Green all healthy to blow people out and get these guys junk minutes? Like a, a couple of years ago when the Warriors were so good, that was a mm-hmm. it's kind of a thing in fantasy was um, playing the Warriors backups when they were blowing people out of the gym. But that hasn't really happened in a minute. So I don't know. Th- things are kind of cloudy with this Golden State depth chart. I don't. I'm not thrilled about any of it, really. Uh, I think Steph's going to have a, a good year. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, look, they don't <clears throat> they don't really excite me too much, uh, honestly. Curry yeah, I think, would be the I think Clay. I think Clay Thompson's good to go. Like, hmm. if you look at his minutes and his numbers last year, like he had a really good comeback from those two horrific injuries. Even though he's kind of old now, I, I feel like Clay. Clay and Steph are both going to have good years. I think the Warriors are going to have a, a pretty decent year. Um, and I guess we'll have to wait till training camp to see if Chris Paul is going to mm-hmm. be a starter or coming off the bench. Can you imagine Chris Paul winning sixth man of the year? That would be that would be a, a change of pace. It would. It, it is hard to see him coming off the bench. But um, as you said, I just – I don't think there's a lot of point to playing both him and Steph together, at least to start the game. I think they'll probably close the game um, in a lot of situations. But, uh, yeah, I think they'd like to alternate their minutes a little bit um, as much as they can. Uh, well, does, on- does Steph Curry need to be a point guard? I mean, him and Clay are arguably two of the best shooters in the entire mm-hmm. league. And if you have a veteran, an old savvy guy out there like Chris Paul running the offense and kicking it out to those guys – or you know, or, or Draymond kicking it out to those guys. I mean, it's it's interesting. They have a uh, Steve Kerr's got a lot of toys to play with. Let's just mm. let's just say that he does. He does. Uh, and and the team on the other end of the spectrum in terms of of where they've been the last few years, the Houston Rockets. Um, a few changes in their lineup. Uh, I've got Fred Van Fleet, Jalen Green, Dylan Brooks, Jabari Smith Jr., Alperen Shengun. Plenty of depth on this team. Um, I've got a man Thompson, Kevin Porter Jr. and Tari Eason. There's also Cam Whitmore there. Uh, I th- I think this is who they go with to start. Uh, Van Fleet's obviously going to start. Brooks is obviously going to start. The money that they paid him, he has to start. Uh, and I think they don't really have another centre option at the moment. So Shingun should start and hopefully play 30 minutes. Um, this looks about right to you. Yeah. Yeah. And what a weird, what a weird team the Houston Rockets are like I I can't wrap my head around the whole Dylan Brooks Fred Van Vliet thing uh what happens to Kevin Porter Jr we've got Tari Eason flailing away over there on the bench um hopefully not wasting his career away we've got Jabari Smith prime for a huge bounce back big year we've got Alfred Shingun um could be one of the one of the best fantasy centers there is this year. If you know, the stars align and the cards fall, right. Um, Jalen green, instant offense. Uh, it's just such a weird, like I just seen Dylan Brooks thrown in the middle of that is mm. just mind boggling to me. 
It is. I yeah. I mean, and I, is Dylan Brooks good or bad? I can't even tell. <laughs> I guess we'll find out this year. Um, he's. I mean, the issue has always been he's a good defender. We we know that. Uh, there's never been sort of any question as to his defensive abilities. It's it's whether he can rein himself in on the offensive end. And I mean, if you look at that lineup there, Van Fleet, Jalen Green, uh, Brooks, Smith, Shangoon. You could certainly make a case that Brooks should be the fifth option on offense there, uh, but does he view it that way? I don't know. Um, if he does sort of step back and just take well sort of place shots and and just plays his role, then I think he could be a good fit because he does give them a good defensive presence on the wing, which they need. Um, so I don't know. I think he, I think it could work, but he needs to change the way he plays and and hmm. perhaps perhaps Imiadoka can do that. Um I don't know. Time will tell. On to the Clippers. Is is Yudoka a Jedi? Is he a, <laughs> does he have con- mind control over Dylan Brooks? Because that's the only way Dylan Brooks is changing. All right, let's move I on. Think, I think it is. But, yeah, look, I, I hope so. Uh, on the Clippers, I've got Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I've put KJ Martin in. That's probably not the consensus pick there as, as a starter, but I've put KJ Martin and Evita Zubats. And then on the bench, uh, they've got Bones Highland, Mason Plumley, and then I think, well, they've got Powell, uh, Norm Powell, Rob Covington as well. I didn't put Marcus Morris because uh, even if he starts, he's not someone we need to look at in fantasy. But who do you think? I think the four of those starters are, are pretty locked in. Who do you think is that fifth starter? Is it is it KJ Martin? Could it be could it be Rob Covington? Um, could it be Marcus Morris? Could it be Nicholas Batum? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. ESPN has Batum in there. Mm. Batum's going to be 35. Uh, around Christmas time, so uh, I I find I will will find it fascinating if Nick Batum is starting for that team. Um, I kind of like the Kenyon Martin Jr. call. Norm Powell is very good. Also, um, I can see him starting Covington. It wasn't that long ago that Covington was sort of like a many fantasy beasts blocking shots and hitting threes, but he's, he's, his career. If you just look at his career stats year by year, what a fascinating roller coaster ride it has been for Robert Covington. Like some years, his field goal percentage was so bad. You couldn't really touch him. And other years he was doing so much and shooting it decently that he was sort of a must have guy. And, uh, he's just kind of been all over the place. But they literally, between Bones Highland, Amir Coffey, K.J. Martin, Marcus Morris, Mason Plumley, Norm Powell, there's so many guys that are going to get minutes for that team. Um, it's it's going to be wild. But at this point, I think I'm comfortable with K.J. Martin over Batum as the, the fifth starter. Um I doubt Mason Plumley challenges Avica Zubac, but weirder things have happened, man. Like coaches seem to like Mason Plumley when he ends up on their team. So I don't know. Yeah, and, and, and again, we know that 
Paul, George, and Kawhi Leonard are both going to miss 40 games. Yeah. So there, there will be plenty of time for these other guys to play. That's right. I think like someone like Powell is not going to start, but chances are he ends up starting half the games because Paul George or Kawhi Leonard are out. Um, yeah, I don't think Plumley starts over Zubats, but I think he does bring another uh, or he adds something to their offensive game. He, his ability to play as a as a facilitator, Zubats doesn't have that as much. Um, yeah, Plumley's good for four or five assists, mm. probably a, a game on that team. So I, that'll be interesting to watch too. Yeah, he's a bit of a turnstile on defense, but Zubats isn't a great defender either. He's better than Plumley, but uh, certainly not elite. Um, onto their crosstown rivals, the Lakers. I've gone with D'Angelo Russell at, uh, as the starting point guard. I have sort of voiced my opinion that. I wouldn't mind seeing Gabe Vincent start, but I think Russell starts alongside Austin Reeves, LeBron James, Jared Vanderbilt, and Anthony Davis. I think that's who they go with. Um, even though Vanderbilt starts, he probably only plays 22 minutes a night, 24 minutes a night. I think we saw that towards the end of last season. Um, they were comfortable bringing Rui Hachimura off the bench and playing sort of starters minutes despite not starting. Gabe Vincent, I still think he has a pretty big role this season. And then I've just put Jackson Hayes and Max Christie as well. More for the fact that, like, I'm not not drafting them, but Jackson Hayes, I think if Davis goes down, which much like Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, he could go down at any point. Uh, I think Jackson Hayes could, could start there and, and put up sneaky value for a week or two weeks. Um, do you think they, those are the starters in L.A.? I do. I like I like that list. Uh, I wish they had less of a logjam at power forward and Jared Vanderbilt could just play 35 mm. minutes a game because I think that would be very fun. I think a lot of um, guys who know fantasy want Jared Vanderbilt to play more minutes yeah. because he's, he's fun. He, he does a lot of cool fantasy things like steal the ball and block the ball and and put up numbers when he gets minutes, but he can't do it in 20 minutes a night. They've got Atsumura. They also have Torian Prince. Don't forget yep. my sons. For whatever reason, one of his favorite players, Cam Reddish, <laughs> is there. <laughs> and Cam Reddish was really, really good at Duke. He has not been very good in the NBA, but uh, I still feel like he is not done yet. So um, if nothing else, the Lakers are a little bit deeper than they have been in the past. Mm. So... I think the Gabe Vincent uh, having it, having him and D'Angelo Russell available to play point guard is good for them. Obviously, Jackson Hayes, Rio Chimuri, uh Vanderbilt, Torian Prince. There's plenty of big guys there. They, they, there's some depth there. Austin Reeves should be fun. LeBron loves him. Uh, that's, that's all we need, really need to know there, I think. And, uh, yeah, they've got some depth. They do, they do. They've, I mean, if you look at their roster twelve months ago, they're they're light years ahead of where they were this time last year. So uh, things are looking good for the Lakers. Onto the Grizzlies. Uh, now I haven't put Ja Morant in the starting lineup because we know he's not going to be starting um, for the first twenty five games. So I've gone with Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain, John Conchar, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Stephen Adams. I've popped Morant in that second list because. Obviously, we're going to be drafting him. Uh, Luke Kennard and Santi Aldama. Uh, is that 
who you think will start? I think when when Morant comes back, they probably drop Conchar probably drops out of there and they start yep. Bain uh, at the three. But is that who do you think Conchar is the guy that steps in until Morant's back? Uh, I would assume so. Yes. Yeah. And I also think that Jaron Jackson Jr. has to be a monster while John Moran is out. Bain and 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 Jackson both mm. have got to go off when when John Moran is not in there. I think them getting Marcus Smart uh, was really smart. Um, such a good defensive player, such a veteran, uh, can play the point while Jaw's out. I think that was pretty smooth move. Steven Adams is thirty. Um, I could see Santi Aldama, Xavier Tillman, and Adams all sharing minutes. Probably not messing with Adams this year, uh, but I'm super excited for Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain. Uh, yeah, no, look, I think Adams, from a fantasy sort of point of view, he's, his best days are behind him. I think he, you could draft him if you just need some rebounds and, and field goal percentage, but he, he doesn't do a lot. But I think he showed or the Grizzlies showed how important he is to their rotation down the stretch last year. As soon as he got injured and went down, they basically, their season went down the toilet. So um, they'll definitely want him on the floor. Uh, Bain's going to be really good all season. Smart uh, should step up, I think, a little bit from last season. Canard's someone I like at the back end of a draft. Uh, I just pulled up his numbers from um, from last season and, and over the final month, uh, in Memphis, he played 20, 26.5 minutes a game. I think he can probably do that again until Jar Morant's back. And he was the 56th ranked player uh, in that period, 14 points, almost four rebounds, two and a half assists, almost a steal, almost four three-pointers. Uh, so I think if it's the last round of your draft and you just need some points and threes, um, maybe some steals, Canard would definitely be worth a look uh, because I think he looked he looked like a really good fit uh, in Memphis last season. So yeah, and I I uh, I always get excited about Luke Canard, and then he seems to always let me down. But mm. nothing wrong with fifty six. Um, and also, there's a guy playing on that roster who went to school in Memphis uh, named Derek Rose, and I know he's not on your list. <laughs> And I know he's a million years old and he's had 17 knee surgeries, but uh, with no job and rant there for 25 games and Marcus Smart being more of a defensive guy than an offensive guy, I'm I'm wondering if Derrick Rose is sneaky for those first 25 games. Maybe. I mean, he didn't play, well, a lot of last season. He, he just was out of the rotation. So he should be healthy, well, as healthy as Derek Rose can be. <laughs> um, he should be healthy and and motivated. I mean, this is sort of a fresh start for him. There's no pressure on him, um, no expectations at all, I wouldn't think. So, yeah, look, I mean, I, I guess they're going to figure out a way to get him in the rotation, as you said, at least until Ja Moran is back. Um, and if there's one thing that they probably do need, in Memphis, it's it's a sort of a veteran kind of um, calming influence, especially on Jar Morant, because the reason he's not playing is because he's made some mistakes. So I think he's going to be in and around the team um, as much as possible, and that could translate to some court time as well. Uh, on to the Timberwolves. 
Uh, I've gone with Mike Conley, Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels. I'm sure I get them mixed up all the time. Jaden McDaniels, Carl Anthony Towns, and Rudy Gobert. I think that's the starters. I don't think there's much discussion um, there. And then I've got Shake Milton, Kyle Anderson, and Naz Reed as the other guys that we're watching or or, or talking about. Um, probably the only question around the starting lineup would potentially be McDaniels or Kyle Anderson, but I'm pretty sure Kyle Anderson will come off the bench. Uh, your thoughts? Well, I'm, I, I love me some slow-mo, some Kyle Anderson. Um, I like watching him play. I like the fact that he moves in slow motion. He's, he's fun. Um, and I'm with you. I I have to look up Jalen and Jaden McDaniels all the time. I think their mother had a good time naming them like knowing that they were going to be nba forwards and that tons of people were going to be like which which one plays for who yeah. like we just can't figure it out but um i'm looking for a go bear bounce back i'm looking for a carl anthony towns uh big season mike conley how old is that dude uh he is 35 years old and it, he's 36 in october so we are talking about not LeBron James, 36. We're talking about Mike Conley, 36-year-old starting point guard. Jordan McLaughlin could take over that, that game before it's all said and done. I also think Nikhil Alexander-Walker is a better player than he's shown up to this point in his career. So I'm always kind of intrigued by him. They also have Shake Milton. Like There's lots of depth um, at the guard positions there. Um, but, yeah. I like the the lineup the way you have it. I think that's probably what it's going to be. And I'm just hoping Kyle Anderson can do something noise-wise this year, maybe a six-man. Yeah, look, I think, I mean, last year uh, Kyle Anderson was coming off the bench until Carl Anthony Towns was injured. So I figure it's going to be exactly the same. But, but I still like him as a, yeah, sort of a deeper league player. We We know he just does a bit of everything. Um, Milton intrigues me this season. I think we saw last season he was a few games he, he played as sort of a makeshift point guard um, in Philly. And I'm just looking through his game log here and he had uh, – where is this? A starter. So as a starter, I mean, he's obviously – he's not going to start many games. Um, but when he does start, he averages uh, seven, seven assists a game. Uh, he had a few multiple uh, double-digit assists games last season. He had 16 assists in the second last game of the season. So maybe the the Wolves have brought him in as a bit of a backup point guard who can who can also score the ball quite well. So I'll be interested to see how they use him. Um, and Nas Reed, they I mean they paid him, uh, and I think they'd like to find more minutes for him. Could you see? I mean he's a very offensive-minded center power forward could you see a situation where he plays alongside towns and gobert is on the bench at certain points yes <laughs> when rudy needs when rudy needs a break i think so mm -hmm. but i mean if you have if you have carl anthony towns and rudy gobert on your team like they've got to be playing they've got to be in there mm. um the most interesting guy to me uh, on that bench list is McLaughlin because Conley's going to be 36 and <laughs> Con Conley 
there's nothing exciting about Mike Conley in mm-hmm. this day and age. And Jordan McLaughlin's young and can run. I think Anthony Edwards wants to run. I that's the guy I'm keeping my eye on. Yeah. Okay. Good call. We'll we'll see. Um, let's go to the Pelicans. Uh, another young team um, that likes to run. CJ McCollum will start. Uh, Herb Jones, I think, will start. Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, and then I've got Dyson Daniels, Trey Murphy, Larry Nance Jr. Uh, as my other guys. I think four of those guys are, are pretty locked in. Uh, Jones is the one for me. I think he still starts, but uh, I don't know. I, I like Trey Murphy over Jones, but what what do you think? Do you think they're going to stick with Herb Jones as the starter there? Well, the thing about Herb is he he's, he's a defensive catalyst. Like he plays hmm. – defense he guards the other team's best player every night um they don't need him to score all he does is put up defensive stats but trey murphy on the other hand is really coming on he was in the dunk contest last year he hit a ton of threes last year he's shown offensive game like he's he's coming on pretty strong as well so that's a interesting debate uh, because Brandon Ingram is not a great defensive player. Zion isn't really a shutdown guy. Um, so they, I think they need Herb Jones in there to, to slow the other team down. But I also think they're better offensively when Trey is in there. So hmm. I think it's a coin toss. I would – I mean, it's a coin toss, man. I, I think they're going to start Herb Jones. But I would not be surprised if Trey Murphy was starting. So then again, you know, Brandon Ingram has not been able to stay healthy. CJ is getting kind of old. Jonas Valanciunas is kind of old. Zion hasn't been able to stay on the court. Has actually been a straight-up bust up to this point in his career. And all it's going to take is Zion blowing out a shoe or an ankle or a knee or whatever. Uh, And then... Trey and Herb are both in there, and it doesn't matter. But um, yeah, um, yeah, I think Herb Jones is going to start just because I think he does. I think he's like a dog, you know. The coach, he does what coaches want him to do, and he gets in there and plays defense, disrupts things, and I think that's that hard work is why he's going to start. Yeah, I think so too. Um, as you said, they don't really need him to score with that lineup on the floor, so uh, he can just play as that defensive stopper. Um, Larry Nance is an interesting one. He's he's always had a fantasy friendly game. He's just he's had issues with health, uh, playing time, but we saw a snippet last season when Zion was healthy, where they actually closed with Zion and and Nance together with Valanciunas on the bench. Um, he's a much better fit alongside Zion. Doesn't doesn't clog up the paint like Valanciunas does. So I wouldn't be drafting Nance, but I'd just keep an eye on what their rotation looks like for the first week or two weeks because you might find that um, while Valanciunas starts, Nance actually closes games and plays 26, 28 minutes and Valanciunas is only playing 22. So uh, something to keep an eye on, I think, just based on what we saw for – it was about two weeks last season. I, I think, think it's funny too that I, I – got- in my mind, Jonas is way older than Larry Nance, but in January they'll both be 31 years old. So <laughs> there, there, there's really not any difference age-wise. I just feel like Larry Nance hasn't been around as long as Valanciunas has, but 
uh, I would be wrong in thinking that. So, yeah, I mean, that's a timeshare. Cody Zeller is going to get mop up minutes there as well. So, um, but I'm not, there's not a lot of, a lot of guys I'm super excited about drafting on that team. No, not really. I, out of your main guys, um, Trey Murphy is probably the one that I'd be looking at. But again, we, as you said, we don't know exactly what his role is going to look like. I, th- I think they've figured out he needs to play big minutes. So fingers crossed they do that. Yeah. Um, onto the Thunder, a very fun lineup, exciting young team. Josh Giddy, Shea Gilders, Alexander, Jalen Williams, Lou Dort, Chet Holmgren. And then I've put your... Favorite player, not your favorite player, but I know you like. <laughs> I know you like Pokashevsky, so I've put Poku there, and I've put Usman Jang and Kaysen Wallace. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the starting five. I can't really see any reason they wouldn't go with those starters. Uh, we know where we're drafting um, most of these guys. Dort don't necessarily have to draft him, but let's get you to talk about Poku because I think a lot of people have have given up on him and and sort of think that now that Chet's there, Poku is done, he's not going to play. You think otherwise? Not really. Oh. <laughs> I think last year was all or nothing for Poku. I think that I think last season might have been my my Poku swan song because as we know Chet is here, Jalen is here, and those two guys are going to make they're going to make it very difficult for uh, Poku to really get in there and do do what he needs to do. Now, can seven foot Pokashevsky play small forward over Lou Dort? Sure, sure he could. Um, but they also have guys like Isaiah Joe, um, yeah. Usman Dang. Like they've got they've got the other Jalen Williams. Like there's there are guys that can play on this team. Kenrick Williams was a big part of this team's lineup mm. two years ago. Uh, he's still he's still hanging around. Aaron Wiggins uh, was getting minutes not that long ago. So there's just a lot going on there. Um, and is Victor Oladipo part of that squad now? Is I that have right? No idea. Did he get traded there? Dude, I he think might. he. he I, might. Think Vic, I think Vic Oladipo may may be back with. Yeah, he's a, th- yeah, he's a, he's a is, Thunder yeah. man. Um, so then there's that. (laughs) So there's just a lot going on, uh, there, but outside of the start, I mean, I would love to put Poku at the very top of my sleeper list because when he was getting minutes and playing well and hustling and the coach was fired up about him, like he was fun. Like it was a good, it was, it was fun times with Mm. Pokushevsky, but. Now that Chet, Chet and Jalen are both there, I just I don't see it. And I think, I mean, as part of their progression and their building to, I mean, they're almost there, I think. But they've added some top-end talent, obviously, Jalen Williams last year, Holmgren, well, last year, but this year. Um, Josh Giddy a couple of years ago, they drafted in Shea. So they're getting more top-end talent. But as they've been building these guys up to be the stars that they are, these fringy guys, as you said, like Wiggins, um, Trey Mann, the other Jalen Williams, um, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, have all been playing minutes that they probably shouldn't have been playing, to be honest. They haven't sort of been at that point in their career where they they need to play heavy minutes, but they've had to because the Thunder haven't had a good roster. 
So they're act they're actually a very deep squad now. They've got really good solid starting five. Um, but as you said, they've they've got lots of depth on the bench, experienced players who who um, can step in if they need to. So it does, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't sort of leave a clear path to minutes for Poku. But I don't know. We'll, I guess well, they've we'll had, see. I mean, they've had what seventeen first round picks in the last eight years. So finally, finally, we're going to get to see everybody play. I just pray mm-hmm. everybody can stay healthy and we get to see. I mean, I really think the Thunder could be the most entertaining team in the entire league if if things go right this year. Um, I get, I'm really excited about the Thunder. I may have to go get me a Chet a Chet jersey. <laughs> you will, I think. On to Phoenix. Uh, I've gone with Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Josh Okoge, and I spelled his name wrong. Well done. That shows how sick I am at the moment. Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton. Uh, and they have added some depth. Uh, I've got Drew Eubanks, Eric Gordon, and Cater Bates, Diop. Uh, Beal, Booker, Durant, Ayton, they're obviously going to start. The fifth starting spot is probably the one that's up for a little bit of debate. I think Josh Okogi starts because he did it last season. He did it quite well. But the guy I'd be watching for there is Cater Bates, Diop. I think he flashed some stuff in San Antonio last season when he started. Um he may be a sort of a, a dark horse to step into that starting lineup. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's possible. I, I don't love Josh Akogi starting in that lineup. Like, mm. I I think Diop makes sense. Um, I mean, is it crazy to think that Bull Bull could, could <laughs> crack that lineup? Just put... Kevin Durant small forward and put Bol Bol out there at power forward and let him block shots and play defense and take some of the pressure off Aiton, who everybody in Phoenix seems to be mad at. Like, I don't know. And Drew, Drew Eubanks has, has shown flashes of, of brilliance as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then don't forget Eric Gordon, who we write off every year, and yet he still comes out and plays big minutes for whoever he's playing for every year, despite his injury history and his age and everything else. So uh, there's a lot going on in Phoenix too. Uh, But the only real question mark, like you said, is small forward. And I'm guessing a Kogi gets it, but that should be a good training camp battle between him and uh, KBD. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Gordon is one of those guys. Like he's not going to start. I don't think they'll want to start him, but, I think he'll probably be first guy off the bench. He'll play 26 minutes, 28 minutes. He'll get you 15 points. So um, he's probably going to be one of those stream guys throughout the season that you pick up for a week in a four-game week and, and then drop him and pick up someone else. Um, and it's going to be interesting with with DeAndre Ayton because obviously he's, uh, the issues in Phoenix have been well-documented. A lot of those were with Monty Williams, so they've now got a new coach. Um so we'll see what that relationship is like because they had Jock Landale last season and Bismack Biombo as the backups. And we saw that they weren't afraid to play them over Aiton at, at periods when if Aiton wasn't sort of doing what they thought he should be doing. Eubanks is a pretty good backup centre, um, better than Landale, better than Biombo. So if Aiton isn't pulling his weight, isn't sort of doing the team thing, then... I don't know, maybe Eubanks gets a bigger role. I'd I'd need to see it to believe it, but um, Eubanks played well last season for the Blazers when 
Yusuf Nurkic was out. So, uh, and, and Aiton's so interesting because he came in as a rookie and put up, you know, pretty solid numbers. And every single year he puts up the same solid numbers. Like he's shown <laughs> almost no improvement. Um, I'm not looking at his numbers. I just, in my mind, they're the same every year. And I, I keep waiting for him to like break out and be better than he was. But I just don't, don't feel like he ever really takes a big step forward. So like, guys like Eubanks and Bull Bull are probably sitting there like, man, if this guy doesn't like turn it around and start really earning his money and being a defensive force and a locker room guy that we have a chance to maybe sneak in there and play some minutes. So be interesting. Yeah, so I've just pulled up his numbers, and they've actually – I mean, you could argue they've gotten worse um, <laughs> since his rookie season. So his rookie season, he had 18, 11.5 rebounds, 1.5 blocks, 55% from the field. Uh, then he went – then his points came down, but his field goal percentage went up. Uh, and then last season, he, he was at 18 points. So he did score – almost a career high in points, but his blocks have basically halved since his rookie season. Um, and he shot under 60% for the first time in the last two years. So, yeah, there's there's no real progression there with Aiton. So it will be interesting to see what they do with him. Um, onto the Trailblazers. Uh, I've put Damien Lillard in here because he's technically still part of the team. Uh, which And actually having him there actually confuses things. Uh, I've got him starting alongside Scoot Henderson with Anthony Simons, Jeremy Grant, Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, and then I've thrown Shaden Sharp and Matisse Thibel as the two other guys worth talking about. Um, well, firstly, I mean, do we think Lillard actually plays a game for the Blazers this year or is he going to be do a bit of a James Harden and refuse to play? Um, I'd like to think that if... If they can't find a trade partner, he just sort of sucks it up and plays. Man, I don't know. I I wrote him off. I feel like he's gone. Mm. Um, if he's not gone and he does suck it up and play, can Anthony Simons play small forward? Well, that's that was my question. I I just I sort of had to just get him in there because I think he's he's good, but possibly they and oh, I mean, do they move Scoot to the bench? I don't think they'd want to do that. Does Thibel start? That's a possibility. He can play the three. Shadow um, Sharp. Sharp can probably play the three. So I think a lot hinges on on Lillard and what he does um, in the next, what, two months or whatever it is till the start of the season. So um, I feel yeah. like Lillard's gone. Scoot's going to start with Simons and Shadon Sharp and Jeremy Grant and Nurkic, but mm. – if Lillard stays, then things get really confusing. And honestly, you look at a lineup of Damian Lillard and Scoot and Anthony Simons, Jeremy Grant, Yusuf Nurkic. I mean, they didn't do a lot last year, but I mean, there's talent there. Like they could be better than we think they're gonna be if if everybody's on board. Like maybe they just couldn't put it all together last year, but. Thibault's a great defensive player. Um, Sharp is up and coming, poised for maybe a breakout year. Uh, Jeremy Grant re-signed with Portland, thinking that Lillard was all in, and then the very next day, Lillard's like, I'm out. Um, so he would be fired up if Lillard was back. Like, yeah, I don't know. What a mess. 
It is, yeah. I'm just looking at their depth chart now. The the issue for me, like they've obviously got a lot of depth at guard and, and on the wings. Um, they drafted Chris Murray as well. The issue for me is centre. Like Nurkic is, is certainly not a picture of health. Um, he usually gets injured, but they really don't have a backup centre at the moment. So if, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. If if that, if he goes down with an injury, I, I don't know what they do. Um can Grant play small? Yeah, I think Jer- Jeremy Grant becomes your center. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's going to be it's a it's a bit weird and wacky in Portland at the moment. Uh, on the other side of the coin, very probably settled in, in Sacramento, um, coming off their best season in almost forever. Uh, <laughs> De'Aaron Fox, Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, Demontis Sabonis. I think they start. I don't think there's any debate um, about their starting five. And then I've just put Malik Monk and Sasha Vezenkov as well. Um, Monk was pretty good last year playing sixth man. He started a few games, um, seems to have found himself a nice spot there in, in Sacramento. I don't know. I, I think Sacramento are pretty much who they were last season. I don't think there's a lot of change in terms of value or minutes or anything like that. I think Keegan Murray should be better, um, probably at the expense of Harrison Barnes. I think Barnes probably takes a step back. Murray takes a step up. Um, yeah, I mean, any thoughts on the Kings rotation? Um, I'm interested to watch Harrison Barnes and Kessler Edwards uh, battle for minutes. Barnes is 31. Edwards is super young. I also like the fact that they just have this luxury Davion Mitchell sitting around as a backup point guard mm. when – there were there was a point in time where we thought he was going to be a pretty good NBA player. Now he's a, you know solid role player, backup guy. Malik Monk's a good guy to have behind her. I mean, lots of depth on this team. Trey Lyles, Chris Duarte, underrated yep. coming over from Indiana. Uh, I think Duarte is, has a chance to make some noise on this team, but I, I'm j- I just keep. I guess it's been a I've been on a three year watch of waiting for Harrison Barnes to slip quietly into the sunset, but he just doesn't do it. Well, that's, I mean, and he, he's got a very specific role there. Like they don't need him to do much, um, but it is going to get to the point where they they are going to need him to do a bit more. If, as we saw last season, they were very good during the regular season, but once the playoffs came. Um, that that's a different beast. They weren't very good in the playoffs, so they're going to need some guys to step up uh, there. On to one of the more interesting teams, the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, I've gone with Trey Jones, Devin Vassell, Jeremy Sohan, Victor Wembanyama, and Zach Collins. And then I've popped down there uh, Campaign and Malachi Branham, uh, probably a few other names we could have there. there. This is one of the teams we're not sure of their starting lineup. Um, the Collins Wembenyama d- does Wemby start at center? Does Collins start at center? Uh, where does oh, I didn't even put him in. Keldon Johnson should be on that list as well. Keldon Johnson, does he start? Um, who do you think they go with opening night? I mean, I feel like Pop's sort of loyal to his guys, and Keldon Johnson has been a starter there for a while, so I kind of feel like Keldon Johnson's going to start again this yeah. year, but. You know, throwing Wemby in the middle of this kind of throws everything into a 
into a tizzy. So we're not really sure, but I think Trey Jones is your point guard. I think he's going to be w- one of everyone's favorite young up and coming point guard picks in fantasy this year. Devin Vassell, Steals Machine, Can He Stay Healthy, super fun fantasy player. Keldon Johnson, one trick pony, scores. He doesn't do a lot of other things, but he scores a lot. Um, talented offensive player. Jeremy Sojan, uh, what a fun pickup he was in fantasy mm. last year, right? Like, I really enjoyed the sleeperness that he offered last year. And then you've got Campaign coming off the bench. You've got Reggie Bullock, got Chetty, Chetty Pill, Chetty Osman, <laughs> Zach Collins, Doug McDermott. There's guys that can play off that bench. Um, how much is Wemby going to play? Uh, are the Spurs going to tank this year? Are they going to go for it? Like, we don't really know what uh, 80 year old Greg Popovich has up his sleeve. I don't know how old Pop is, but he's getting up there. Um, we don't know what they're going to do. So, but I, I'm into drafting Spurs. I, the Spurs are cool for me because they went from being one, one of the most boring teams in fantasy history to now one of the most intriguing and mysterious teams in fantasy. Like what? are these guys going to do how much are they going to play and i felt like it was that way last year too so the last two or three years i've kind of been into trying to figure out what the spurs are going to do and and they're as much of a mystery this year as they ever have been they are yeah it's uh it, it's hard to know i mean you could you could make a case for campaign starting over Trey Jones. Uh, I don't think they will. Trey Jones is a bit younger. But, um, yeah, it is going to be fascinating to see what they do with that roster and how many minutes they give to Wembenyama. Um, Keldon Johnson, he probably does start. Like Looking at it now, I think he probably does start. He He's just – I figure that he's just such a defensive liability playing at the three. But if you've got Wembenyama and Collins protecting the rim – uh, Devin Vassell's a pretty good defender as well, so maybe they can get away with it. So, 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 Ian. um, and and Collins, uh, Collins last year was pretty good, man. 11, mm. 11.6, 6.4, just under a block a game. Uh, I think Collins is probably coming off the bench. I think they're gonna start Sohan and and uh, Wimby and uh. And Keldon. Keldon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. look, they, they could out. do that. We'll find yep. out. Yep. Um, final team uh, is the Utah Jazz. I've gone with Colin Sexton, Jordan Clarkson, uh, Larry Markin, and John Collins, Walker Kessler. Uh, and then I've just quite a lot of names here that, that are, are thereabouts. Um, Keontae George, Taylor Horton Tucker, Ochai Agbaji, Kelly Olenek, and Taylor Hendricks. Now I know you're high on Collins um, because you wrote about him in our our recent roundtable article, and and yeah, look, I think Collins is going to have a really good year. Um, probably the the question mark there is more in the backcourt. Do they start Sexton? Uh, I've I've heard through listening to other shows that Ochai Agbaji may actually start um, in the backcourt there. So I. I I don't know, Sexton for me, but I wouldn't be surprised if Agbaji gets a look or even Keontae George. Uh, what do you think about the Utah rotation? I would start Chris Dunn over Sexton. 
I, I mean, I Sexton is awful. Like, he's just not very good, man. Uh, he's great. He's in the NBA. I get it. I'm not. I, I didn't play in the NBA. He's there. He made it. Like, congratulations. But the the numbers and the fantasy value is so bad. Like, I think he was worth a 20th round pick last year um, on a per-game basis. He only played in 48 games. Um, he scores some points and does literally – Almost nothing else. Across the board, no threes, no steals, no blocks, no rebounds, no assists. Like, he's just a vacuum sucking up space. So, let Clarkson play point guard. Let Chris Dunn play point guard. Get uh, Ochaye in there. Like, do something. I, I just think Colin Sexton is... I'm sure he's a good guy, man, but I just don't see the point of having him in your start, starting lineup, regardless of what team he's playing for. Yeah, look, I I, I agree. I, I like Chris Dunn. Uh, I didn't even put him on my list because I I'm not sure how they're going to use him. But he's, I mean, I'm just looking at his game log from last season. Over the last sort of few weeks, he was playing mid twenties in minutes. Um, some double double digit assist games, solid rebounder, good defender, efficient. Uh, he was over the final month. He was 113th uh, in I mean, standard Dunn, leagues. Dunn averaged 13. Well, he only played 22 games, but he averaged 13 points, four and a half boards, and five and a half assists, and over a steal, and nearly a three, and shot 53 percent, 54 percent from the floor. Like those numbers just run circles around what what Sexton did uh, yeah. in twice as many games. Uh, so, yeah, there, there's lots of things that Utah can do um, with that. And I, I either way, I, regardless, like Sexton was arguably the worst starting player in the NBA in fantasy last year. And so just keep that in mind. Uh, super excited about Markinen. Super excited about Walker Kessler. There was a big Twitter feud last night about Walker Kessler with Alex McLean and yep. several other people. I got in there. I don't know if you got in the, in the mix or not, but uh, Kelly Olynyk's old. Walker Kessler's coming up. Someone was arguing that you could you can get um, what's his name the the guy uh, uh, Charlotte Center. It's not Mark. Yeah, Mark, Mark Williams. Mark Williams. Smith, yeah. Williams, it's all the same. Uh, yeah, Mark Williams. You can get Williams in like the eighth round. You get the same numbers you get from Kessler if you're taking him third or fourth round. I don't know about all that. I, I still like Walker Kessler better. I like Walker Kessler in the fourth round. John Collins is intriguing. Uh, Baji's intriguing. There's so much intrigue with that lineup. And the other thing that's funny about Utah is we all thought they were tanking last year and weren't even going to try, and they turned out to be a pretty good team until they fell apart at the end. Uh, I think they're going for it this year. Yeah, I think they will um, as well. And, and, yeah, that was an interesting discussion. I didn't get in on it because there were enough people in on it. But uh, I think I, I could see the argument from both sides. Like I think Kessler probably can be a top 30, top 40 player, but I wouldn't want to draft him there, but you're going to have to. Um Mark Williams, I don't think he's as good as Kessler, but you can get him like four or five rounds later. So in terms of value, I think Williams is 
is by far probably the better target um, because he could be top 60, top 50. Kessler, I think if you're drafting him third round, that's almost his ceiling. I don't think he can be much better than sort of a top 30 player. So, Yeah, I don't think I saw, you want him in, in the third round. I think you want him in the fifth round, you know? Yeah. Yeah, ideally, yes, but he's not. I don't think he's going to fall that far. He, he um, will, and so. I think he will in, in some leagues. I think if he you're might, playing in yeah. league with... I think if he's playing in a league with you or Alex, he's not going to fall that far because you guys are taking him in the third. But if I'm in a league and he falls from the third to the back half of the fourth, then that's when I want to target uh, Walker Kessler. Then again, nobody thought Walker Kessler was going to do what he did last year. So props to him. But um, was Laurie Markin in a fluke last year or is he good to go? Uh, I think he's Good to go. I don't. I don't think we'll see. I don't think we'll see a lot of um, progression from him. Like I, I don't think he can get much better. So I don't know what he was last season, but I think he'll be similar range, probably top thirty. Uh, you want to try and get him in the third round if you can. Um, he's probably going to go at around that sort of twenty, twenty-five to thirty range. Um, but I think. I mean, the Jazz are invested in him. I think they're going to run everything through him. So I think he'll still have another really good season. Despite John Collins being there, I don't think that'll impact him too much. I agree. I think, but I do think what you said is spot on. Like, Markinen's ceiling has been hit. Like, we know <laughs> his, we know how high he can fly, and he's not flying any higher than he, than he did last year. So I feel like it's kind of all downhill from for him from here. And you're probably... I think you might be better off letting someone else draft Markinen because people are going to overpay for him this year, I think. Yeah, I think they might slightly. I'd, yeah, as you said, I don't think his ceiling can get much higher unless he becomes a shot blocker somehow or, or adds something to his game. But I think he is who he is now, um, which is still a really good fantasy player, but he he doesn't have that scope to be a top 15 kind of player, I don't think. So, Um That'll do it. That's all 15 teams. Uh, thanks again for jumping on. My apologies today. to Colin Sexton's family, <laughs> friends, mom, etc. I'm sure he's a good kid. Oh, I'd be more excited if they're actually listening. So <laughs> they might not after this one if they were. But um, we'll, uh, we'll be back next week. I have no idea what we're going to talk about yet. We'll come up with a topic um, during the week at some point. Uh, that will do it for today's show. Remember, check out all of our content, uh, including the Discord server, including the soon we will have information on the, the World Cup that's coming up. We're partnering with uh, Josh Lloyd and Locked On Fantasy Basketball running a huge tournament. Um, Josh has already released some information on how to join. Uh, we will <clears throat> We will release information on how to join from our end once he's filled up his side of the draw. Uh, you can follow this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Love it if you give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.